HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. It's Sunday afternoon, and you know what that means. Um, well, for most people, it actually probably means football or other uh, some other sporting event. But for devotees of cheese and the Heritage Radio Network, it's uh, Cutting the Curd. Uh, I'm your host, Ann Saxelby, and this episode of Cutting the Curd on Heritage Radio Network is sponsored by Wisconsin Cheese Originals. So thank you to them. And uh, is being produced and engineered by Jack Inslee and Nat Wiener. Our topic today, cheese in the restaurant. And who better to give us the lowdown than Chris Bradley, who is the sous chef and cheese man par excellence at Gramercy Tavern. Uh, We'll talk about how a restaurant like Gramercy goes about building a stellar cheese board and what pushed Chris into the world of curds and whey. And today we have a special guest co-host slash just guest in general, Matteo Keeler. Uh, who is, uh, has been previously been a guest on the show. He's an owner and cheesemaker at Jasper Hill Farm and uh, is going to be all over the sound effects board. So watch out. <laughs> or we'll be, we'll be in the future. <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to practice. We're going to practice during the break. Um, so welcome, Mateo and Chris. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Anne. Yes. Um, so, Chris, tell, uh, tell me, how long have you been at uh, Gramercy? I've been with Gramercy almost three years now. Okay. But I've been in charge of the cheese program for about a year and a half. So, um, And so the cheese for a year and a half. Now, that, that was an interesting thing to me. How is it decided in a big restaurant organization like Gramercy who uh, <laughs> takes charge of the cheese program? Uh, you know, it, it had always been a sous chef, and I think... You know, you knew Molly, who had the job before I, I did. She was the first sort of front of the house person who took that. And I think that was just personal interest. So um, it comes mostly from someone who has a personal interest, like I did, uh, and then availability. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that, that seems, the sous chef, that's an interesting choice for, I guess, pastry chefs also sometimes get in charge of, or get, you know, the, the command of the, of the cheese board. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we do a mix actually, um, my training, uh, I do work with both the staff 
who sells things off the cheese board, as well as the pastry department, which, which puts together the chef selection. So it's a mix, it's front of the house and back of the house. I like that. Um, and, and the cheese board at, um, at the Gramercy Tavern, which is a beautiful restaurant off uh, Union Square, just in case any of our listeners aren't familiar with it, um, the cheese board at Gramercy is pretty uh, special. Um, it's, it's just a spectacular it's, presentation. Can you, can you describe for us what the cheese board is at Gramercy? Sure, sure. Uh, you know, to fit in with our, our sort of rustic Americana uh, theme, it's, uh, it, it's what it says. It's a, it's a board. It's a wooden slab that features um, anywhere in a low point 16 at a high point 22 uh, artisan cheeses, a mix heavy on the, uh, on the domestic with a smattering of, of cheeses from the, uh, from the continent. Um, but almost exclusively, our American cheeses come from the Northeast. We, uh, as, as someone who professes a farm-to-table uh, philosophy we like to, to keep it local so that that's great that's great and increasingly there are just so many great northeastern cheeses the, to be tapped into the variety of cheeses obviously someone's going to be a proponent and say you can find them better on the west coast but i'm going to argue that uh that for the uh <laughs> bang no for, way bang for my buck i can find a better cheese made made locally within a couple hundred miles than uh than anything you could bring me from the west coast absolutely well you're east coast um by born, born uh, and bred so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, now i agree <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the farm that's the classic farm uh time, designation time for to make the donuts yes <laughs> um so, can you tell us about a couple of the northeastern cheeses that are on your board right now that sure. you're really excited about? Sure, sure. I'll, I'll get to the Jasper Hill cheeses later to save them for the finale. Who's um, that? Uh, it's <laughs> this this guy I know. It's <laughs> hovering over me. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, one thing that people love are the the rich, creamy cheeses. So we've got um, the uh, Kunick from Nettle Meadow, which is uh, Thurman, New York. Um, just just a little off the Vermont border, probably two and a half to three hours north. It's uh, made in the style of a uh, Briat Savarin, so it's a uh, rich, creamy triple creme, meaning it's about seventy two percent butter fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who doesn't like that? Yeah. Um, we've uh, we've also featured recently uh, a lot of the Twig Farm cheeses, uh, small raw, strictly raw goat cheese producer. Love Twig Farm. Um, let's see where are we at. Tarantays, uh, from we're featuring right now the Springbrook Farm, uh, winner of its class at ACS this year. Absolutely, that cheese is 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 just great. Um, I mean, for uh, yeah, I, I don't know for everything, well, texture, it, for, flavor, and for its model complexity. that it's, the two uh, the two guys are trying to bring together of of sharing the idea of cheese making between two farms. That's uh, that's leaps and bounds towards where American cheesemakers should be. Leading themselves. Yeah, actually, Mateo, maybe you can talk about that for a second. Um, just the idea of two farms making the same cheese. Tarantez is a cheese that's made at Springbrook Farm, but also at Thistle Hill Farm. Yeah, and, it's um, it's it's a great model. Um, um, John Putnam and uh, Janine Putnam from Thistle Hill actually licensed their product to uh, FarmsForCityKids.org. Look them look them up on the website there. They're uh, an amazing organization. They bring uh, inner city uh, kids up to uh, to Vermont uh, to spend a week, ten days uh, on the farm, and they use uh, the Springbrook Tarantays to help finance 
that work. Um, and as a model, uh, really having, um, you know, two producers of the same product is an evolution that um, is going to ensure that those products survive uh, on the landscape. It's, it's a big deal. Okay, so how do you think, um, I, I totally agree, and I think it's a totally important step, and how do you think that people are going to overcome the, because right now the two Tarantes are pretty different um, in texture and flavor and everything like that. Do you, Well, first of all, do you think that's, that's important? How important is it? And then second of all, how do you imagine that, you know, gap would be bridged um, to make the, you know, make more similar cheeses coming from a myriad of producers that all have different hands and different sensibilities and all that? Well, our approach has always been to celebrate uh, diversity and difference uh, within a, uh, a certain bandwidth of quality. So, viva la difference. Um, I think it really comes down to uh, uh, learning how to market a product uh, collectively and uh-huh. uh, understanding your customers and uh, who likes what flavor profile and selecting cheeses so you know that would be the that that's the natural next evolution for that business model interesting interesting so tell us do you have any jasper hill cheeses on the gramercy cheese board right now we've got a couple we're uh we're featuring one made at jasper hill uh one aged by jasper hill uh oh actually two j's aged by jasper hill we've got uh new this season the uh the moses sleeper um, bloomy rind, supple, creamy, with lots of unctuous uh, mushroom tones going through. Mm-hmm. Um, Brie style, which is always popular with the with the cheese consumers. Um, the Oma, that is made by the uh, this, the famous singing Von Trapp family. Uh, washed rind, um, n- not super gooey, uh, still firm, um, but with lots of bite to it uh, a real ming- I love I love the yeah, Oma a, a minger as I've heard someone call it before a, a minger a real minger <laughs> uh, and then and then finally the uh, the Cabot cloth bound the uh, the bread and butter if you will of of Jasper Hill yeah and and just plain old dessert to everybody else yeah. <laughs> it's the most sweet wonderful caramely cheddar you'll ever taste you will not find better this yeah than this at all um, so that's interesting. So from your viewpoint, you see, you know, wh- how people order cheese in a restaurant. And do you find that there are certain cheeses that get more play or more attention than others? For sure, for sure. Um, we, what we try to do and what I try to do in constructing the board is is take uh, enough of, of what one would call the, you know, the home run hit, something everybody's going to love and enjoy and then mix in something that that's approachable, something that maybe isn't something you would order, but in in educating the staff and getting them excited about cheeses, doing like we did earlier today, bringing Mateo in to talk about cheeses, um, that gets the staff excited. It gets that that word on their lips, uh, and then they're able to sell it and say, you know, you're looking for this style of cheese, but here's what I have that's similar, mm-hmm. um, and and I think if you try it, you're going to be excited. We have the the range uh, to to be able to just give someone a small slice and say, you know, I wanted you to try this cheese. I know you only wanted three, but here's a fourth one for you on the house. Uh, try this, and and you know what? What I'm trying to do is the amount, the dollar amount that I'm losing there. I'm hoping that I get it back the next time they come in. 
Absolutely. Cheese propaganda. Yes. I'm all about that. Give people a taste of something they didn't know they liked, and all of a sudden you've got, like, you've educated them, and you've got a new, you know, fan for life. I have more than one fan, yeah. Hopefully they're bringing (laughs) people back with them who are clamoring for the cheese. Hey, little girl, you want a piece of candy? (laughs) (laughs) Is that how they sell cheese up in Vermont, Mateo? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's more down here in New York. (laughs) That's true, yeah. (laughs) That's definitely a New York thing. I, you know... I've been um, uh, doing business with Gramercy Tavern pretty much since we started making cheese. Gramercy was one of our first customers. Wow. And, and when was that? that was... We started making cheese in 2003, and we started selling cheese to Gramercy Tavern in 2003. And the buyer at the time was a young guy named Andy Fortgang, who started working at Gramercy, I think, when he was like 16. Wow. He, was, uh, he, he ended up... Uh, Sounds illegal. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was kind Danny of Meyer is known for his labor practices. <laughs> he, we can edit that out. No. He 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 just he he plugged right in there. He was really a prodigy. Um, but um, he he sought us out, and um, we started shipping him Constant Bliss, and then Bailey Hayes and Blue. And um, for the first three years we were in business, Gramercy Tavern was actually in our top ten uh, customers sales dollars wise, and. Um, it's are, one of the. Are you in, suddenly applying pressure now? We, no, no. We, it's, we, it's. Have we dropped <laughs> to the top ten? Do I? No, our our business has just has just grown. grown? Yeah, our okay. our business has just grown. But um, my point here is that um, the capacity of a restaurant like uh, Gramercy Tavern to actually sell uh, large piles of cheeses is, is really significant and can make a big difference for you know small uh, farmstead producers. So. Um, that commitment to uh, uh, local uh, and domestic cheeses is 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 kind of amazing, and um, the time spent coming in to do uh, staff trainings uh, pays off in spades because uh, essentially uh, you have the opportunity to speak to about forty five sales people that are going to go out on the floor, and you get you are arming them with information, and they're you know dinner is theater at Gramercy. It's, it's kind of amazing um, to, to watch like a totally professional team of, of, of servers go out and, and, and work the floor. And so as a cheesemaker, uh, having the opportunity to work with uh, a, a business like Gramercy Tavern is, is, is pretty amazing. Um, and the impact that they can have on a small business is tremendous. Well, that's, yeah, that's very interesting. I was going to say there are a lot of um, good synergies there. First of all, it's just, you know, the good feelings and the um, passion that you put into your cheese making is, you know, sort of transmitted then through people like Chris and the staff at Gramercy because, uh, you know, they're promoting uh, not only your specific cheeses, but the idea of local cheese and, and small dairy farming, which is super important. They're also making an economic, you know, contribution. Um, and uh, I, I think it's just great to have an establishment like Gramercy really, yeah, putting at the forefront cheeses like that that are coming from uh, smaller producers and just being uh, pioneers of letting people know what's going on with the uh, with the world of American cheese because, you know, to be honest, that's really people people look to you guys as trendsetters and, and as, uh, you know, to tell them what's what tastes good. So... Thank you, I guess. I think there's lots of compliments in there. Um, and I will try to be the superhero that uses his uh, power for good and, uh, and, <laughs> and, con- and continue to, uh, 
you know, to keep my focus local and uh there must be there must be a sound effect for this in something. here somewhere uh, is there is there the Olympi- does the olympic theme play anywhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> well while you look for the superhero sound effect you can I, I wanted to ask you chris more in depth about the education piece Sh- because sure. you know i feel like gramercy is unique in that um it really you know as an as an establishment takes pride in making every member of the staff feel very um, empowered and very knowledgeable and very um, much a part of the process. And so how, how have you kind of incorporated those ideas into the cheese program and the sort of different, different uh, seminars that you organize for your staff? Yeah, um, so, I mean, one of the beauties is because of the way we treat our staff and our customers um, and, and the sort of business model we go after, we have some servers who've been with the restaurant for 15 years since we, since we opened up. So we have a good base to work with. Um, so my job becomes um, keeping them informed of what we're doing uh, as we move forward, as we make subtle changes on the cheese board. Um, but they have that knowledge base. It's a lot to remember. That's another thing. Well, it's really impressive to but, come to Gramercy and see... 30 cheeses on the board sometimes and as and the staff you know can but if you remember think of, if you compare it to say the wine program where you, you may have 30,000 bottles no one knows every bottle but what I try to teach them is know the groups of cheeses um, you know let's, let's say the fresh the bloomy rind the washed rind um, the uh, the pressed uncooked and the pressed cooked and the blues and if you know one in each of those groups Anytime someone wants to buy, say, a seven cheese plate, if you can at least name eight to nine cheeses, less than half of the board, you can make a seven cheese sale, no problem. And, and a good seven cheese sale. Yeah. So, I think a lot of people are going to be eating entirely Jasper Hill selections uh, uh, this evening at Gramercy. I, I can see. <laughs> I, I, I hope. I, I just hope I bought enough of the Moses Sleeper to make it last until I until I get back at work. So, Ruh, row. <laughs> <laughs> so I see it moving off our shelves. It's uh, it's going to be easy to sell with this. Uh, the way we got the staff excited today, talking about you know the future of Jasper Hill. Uh, you know, the vision for Vermont yeah. Vermont dairy farms and uh, and what a cheese like this is going to do for for moving forward. Well, I think uh, um, it's time to take a quick break. Um, so we're going to have a little little musica. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about cheese at Gramercy Tavern and how you got sort of interested in the world of fromage. Sounds great. Okay. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd on Heritage Radio Network. 
Uh, our show has been sponsored today by Wisconsin Cheese Originals. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby, and I'm here tonight or today with uh, Chris Bradley of Gramercy Tavern and Matteo Keeler of Jasper Hill Farm. And uh, we are talking about cheese in the restaurant and how uh, you know a good cheese board is built, how a good cheese program works. And, um, and Chris is, yeah, overqualified to come in and talk, please, talk to please. us about that. Um, but I want to know about how you got into cheese. What was like your seminal cheese moment yeah, where all yeah. of a sudden you're just like, whoa. Well, strangely, it has Vermont roots. I, uh, in 99, was going to school at the New England Culinary Institute, uh, which outside of Burlington, <clears throat> and had an opportunity to do um, a wine and cheese uh, pairing with a, a lady named Madeline Common, who's wrote and written... Um, uh, a famous sort of cookbook uh, called How to Be a Chef. Okay. Becoming a Chef. I forget the name of it at this point. Sorry. But, Madeline um, Common. How do you yeah. spell her last uh, name? I want to say it's K-A-M-A-N. Maybe it's two N's. It's, um, sort of uh, the uh, the French Julia Child. She uh, she was sort of the home cook who taught people how to cook uh, high-class cuisine in France and then in her retirement moved to... Um, to the Burlington area, so weird. She moved from France to Burlington. Uh, well, she must have just no- sensed it before everybody else she, did. She She's knew like, where wah, where wah. food was moving. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, that was probably like my first experience with uh, non commercial cheese and uh, and seeing the the variety of flavors, uh, the way it, it pairs with wine, the uh, the difference in tasting a cheese with the rind and without the rind, and um, and, and it was just eye-opening. And I, I, at that point, decided that I wasn't actually going to do a, a, a strictly culinary internship and tried to get some internships with Shelburne Farms. But at this point, no one was uh, offering a paid internship. And uh, if there was one thing I was looking for was to be at least be uh, paid something for my... Uh, well, that's why people get into cheese making. You, it's you know, for the money, It's a yes. quick way to get rich. Yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> There's drugs, prostitution, and then cheese. I think yeah. is, the, is, there, is, is there a... a yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a foghorn. we got to find the foghorn. I don't know. I think the baby crying might be sick. <laughs> oh, there you go. Let's. Uh, we got to do that. I think you got to switch the bay on the top there. It'll it'll go into like bay B, C, or D on the sound effects. You got to choose the bay and then choose your sound effect. Yeah, go, let's go. E, so this is the sound, everyone, of cheesemakers getting rich while while making cheese. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> yes. Beware, any of you out there who are tempted to become cheesemakers. No, very satisfying work, but very hard work. Yes. Uh, and so then, just as my culinary career grew, obviously didn't take the job with Shelburne Farms, uh, moved to New York and started working at restaurants and then had just kept my finger in, in cheese programs as I've gone until I finally got the opportunity to, to grasp the one here at Gramercy Tavern and uh, have made the last year and a half, you know, full force, uh, learn as much as I can from from these people I know, like Ann Saxelby and, and Matteo Keeler, who seemed to... You know what? The cheese world is, is like a small family, and once you know two or three, you start running across everybody everywhere you go and realizing. It's a small, it is a small, small, small cheesy world, world yeah. but it's and, good and folks. And that, oh, that world converges at Gramercy. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. It's, but. It's, well, I would say this has been a, a wild week. I've had a, 
I guess there were a lot of people in town to do some promotional things, and, and I've had quite a few of them roll through Gramercy. Um, who, who was in town? Allison from Vermont Cheese and Butter. Okay, uh, Allison Hooper, everybody, an awesome woman, Vermont, uh, or, well, goat cheese pioneer in the United States. They're the fairy godmother of uh, cheese making in Vermont. Right, yeah. Yep. yep, she's awesome. I think if you described her as the fairy godmother to her face, what do you think she would say? Oh, I, oh I've done that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And Allison Hooper just wrote a new book, too, so we should say that. Anyone who wants to know about Vermont butter and cheese and, um, you know, how to... Uh, I don't know, cook with really excellent fresh goat cheese or fresh dairy products like their creme fraiche and yeah, butter. Her, yeah, her, her, the name of the book is In a Cheesemaker's Kitchen. It's, it's a beautiful book. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. We had um, Dave from Rogue River. Yeah. Dave and Two of them were actually Magical Dave. Yeah, Magical yeah. Dave. So he was having a magical night last night. We uh, had a great time tasting and eating and, and giving him the, the full Gramercy treatment. Um, that comes with a massage. Uh, yes, it does. <laughs> after after dinner. Just the feet, though. Just You're like feet. a little Kobe beef, and they just like need your <laughs> need your feet. Um, yeah. So they feed you foie gras, and then and then <laughs> need your feet. Yeah. Pound, disperse the fat throughout yeah. your body. Um, again, uh, a, a cheese world, at least a New York cheese world celebrity, Tia Keenan. Uh, Tia, love it, Tia. She in, was a guest on the show once. In last night to have a little bite with some friends. Um, you know what? And, and I feel horrible. I've forgotten her name. The wife of the maker from uh, Thistle Hill, Janine. Janine. Janine was yeah was in just the other night. Um, yeah, it's it's been crazy. It's felt like. Um, well, and for for a cheesemaker too to be able to see their cheeses represented in that way, and and Gramercy is always so generous to, uh, you know, their producers and everything. It's just really, I feel like. Um, for cheesemakers, it's just got to be so uh, fun and, and gratifying and, and just kind of amazing to come into a place like Gramercy yeah. and all of a sudden they are like the celebrities. You guys totally treat them like celebrities well, and that's, that's really you cool. You know, Janine had, you know, no idea. Uh, she didn't introduce herself. No one knew. Mm-hmm. And then she started looking at the, at the cheese board and, and was talking really you know, intelligently about what was on the board. And, and so... <laughs> and you were like, who is this Well, the, that's what the staff... The one thing we have is, you know, the front of the house and the back of the house aren't f- afraid to talk to each other like they are in many restaurants. And they said, hey, you know, there's this lady who's really knows what she's talking about when I showed her the cheese menu. And you're like, you want to stop by the table and, and see what's going on? So it took me like all of two seconds to say like, so, you know, you seem to know what you're talking about. What's your involvement? And instantly I knew I had somebody highly connected in the world so Gramercy should give tips to like the CIA and like government you know <laughs> operatives about how, how to, to get information yes, and communicate yes. it seems like you guys are better at communicating than like all of those uh, <laughs> organizations luckily we're not so bureaucratic that we, uh, <laughs> we don't have to file forms and we do fa- a lot of face to face sure sure that is great. Well, so what, um, I don't know, Is it, do you think that there is um, cheese in your future? I know this may be a sort of uh, controversial question, <laughs> but I just feel like I have to ask because you love it so much. And, um, and... I don't, you know, my, my career arc has been more towards product-based. Um, you know, one thing I do at Gramercy a lot is uh, is the charcuterie program. I've started turning uh, in, we 
we love to use whole animals, so I've started turning those by cuts into into pastrami. Into I just took my first successful stab at blood sausage, which I wow. I, I, I couldn't sell, but I can give away to to special guests, and 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 it's again one of those things where. It's not something you would eat or order on your own, but if I'm going to give it to you, you're going to, it's going to change your mind. It's going to change your perception of, of what, it, what a good blood sausage is. And yeah. I was myself impressed with the, the end product. Light, fluffy, not too irony like, like liver, but rich and... That sounds delicious to me. I like, I like blood sausage. I, li- I lived in Spain for a little while and you know, ate plenty of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I, uh, my career arc has definitely been more towards a, a product-based life. And, and I, I love my life at Gramercy because it affords me that. Um, you know, I would say cheese is probably a, a solid third to half of what I spend my day doing. Wow. Um, on top of you know, expediting and watching the kitchen for the, the dinner service. So, um, who knows? Cheese will always be part of my uh, part of my future. Very cool. Well, thanks for putting me on the spot. I hope nobody's listening. <laughs> oh, but um, you never know because everybody at uh, Jasper Hill is banking on me dragging this guy back to <laughs> back to the farm with me. So Uh-oh. look out. Well, I, this is going to be you know a long evening at Roberta's, and you know maybe after a couple beers and a couple pizzas, you I, wake, know, I wake up in Vermont. You wake yeah. up in Vermont. You just I don't, don't know, know what happened. What is that strange thing floating in the bottom of my beer? <laughs> pill capsules. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's uh, yeah. I wouldn't put it past Mateo. I wouldn't put it past. I, I do recall some town folk uh, in Greensboro saying, oh, I, I heard you really were doing well with the, with the Bailey the other day. <laughs> I've been here two, two days. How does anyone know anything about this small town? Oh, that is too funny. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on the show. And thanks to Mateo for hanging out and rocking on the soundboard. And the, um, we're going to have at least one more sound effect before the end of the show. All right, let me see if I can figure this out. See? The aha moment. (laughs) Three cheers for cheeses. We will see you next, uh, or in two weeks, on Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. Thank you.